Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hey there, and welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode 25. Thank you very much for downloading it. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on when it is you're listening to this. I'm just glad you have uh, joined the party, uh, the entertainment education party uh, that it is. And remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Fun show lined up for you today, but before we get going, uh, we have to find out what's your groove. that in your pipe and smoke it. Weed is awesome. This is great. This is the bee's knees. All right, what I mean when I say what's your groove, uh, what are you grooving with? If you are using something uh, while you list this, uh, listen to this, uh, whether it be a, a joint, uh, some oil, an edible, uh, anything, anything you've you've made at home, uh, maybe you've hitting the bong. I just want to know what you're going with. I'm going with a Casablanca pre-roll, um, also known as Mongolian. Uh, it's uh, earthy. Uh, it has some, uh, you know, that pining uh, terpene in it that gives you that uh, pine forest kind of smell. And I'm uh, well with a pre-roll version, so I'll just get my groove on. I've been on a pretty big pre-roll kick. I did not used to smoke a lot of joints. Uh, it was mostly bong, uh, pipes uh, sort of thing. Uh, but I've been on a uh, joint, especially pre-roll uh, kick lately. So really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, now I can uh, get on with the rest of the show, which will feature Taylor Inglis of Destiny Bioscience. He's the president. He's also a former Grey Cup champion, member of the Edmonton Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Congrats to the Bombers on the big Grey Cup win. Um, we've got a, a great discussion about uh, you know, his transition from football and then eventually getting into the cannabis industry and uh, the, the cool things that they're doing. Uh, with Destiny Bioscience. So we'll bring that conversation to you in just a little bit. This week in Cannabis News, David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OV, uh, OZ rather, not OV. Uh, OV was a great beer I drank uh, growing up, but that's uh, OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. Uh, there are more can trust problems. Um, we're going to be talking indigenous cannabis and uh, spirit leaf is soaring and uh, we'll be featuring chocolate fondue from DNA Genetics in What's That Strain. It is tasty for sure. Want to remind you about the Cannabis Character Cup. Pedro Dupacas, played by Cheech Barin, the number two seed in the tournament, sneaks past Kumar Patel with yet another tiebreaker. Second straight week, we've had a tiebreaker in the Cannabis Character Cup. So that is very interesting. Had to do the wheel of names to break the tie. So Pedro moves on. There's still the hope of a Cheech and Chong final. Right now, uh, the final fourth-round matchup is uh, the dude versus Thurgood Jenkins. 
Uh, of course, uh, the dude from Big Lebowski, Jeff Bridges, and Thurgood, Dave Chappelle from Half Baked. Um, that you can vote on at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter. You can check that out at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter. So you've got uh, Tommy Chong's the man. Uh, you got Pedro Dapakis for Cheech, uh, Saul Silver, James Franco, all waiting for a fourth. You can check out the contest section at www.cannabis101.ca and you can find all the details there and check out the bracket. And also, I want to let you know about our uh, cool 50% off Lobo Genetics DNA kit offer that is still going. Uh, use the promo code CANNABIS101, all one word, CANNABIS101, when you go to lobogene.com. You can get uh, specific strains. Once you do the kit, you can find out how cannabis affects you. How do you metabolize uh, when it comes to cannabis? Your specific tailor-made strains right for you at lobogene.com. And to get there, use the promo code CANNABIS101 to get 50% off your DNA kit. I want to relax tonight. I'm recording this in the evening. Uh, so I went with Casablanca. That's why I went with it. It is one of my recommended strains. It has caryophyllene, which I love. Uh, I like to wind down in the evening, so it will help me sleep a little bit later on. So that's one of the reasons I picked, uh, went with what I did tonight for What's Your Groove, uh, because it's highly recommended to me by uh, Lobo Genetics with my specific tailor-made cannabis approach. Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, just before we get to Taylor Inglis, the president of Destiny Bioscience and a uh, former Grey Cup champion, our cannabis question is, where do you go that is cannabis friendly? Uh, whether it's traveling, um, whether it's uh, trying to be entertained, uh, anything like that. Um, I don't know if there's any places that uh, specifically allow cannabis-friendly places, but uh, Manos at uh, Miranda87 on Twitter says, best cannabis-friendly is always my living room. Yeah, no doubt, uh, my place as well. Uh, werewolf bar mitzvah says the parking lot after a rec hockey game, win or lose. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Parking lot bowl, family smoke time, PLB FST. Uh, so there you go. I'm, I'm kind of more looking at, uh, you know, like, are there places that you know of that are cannabis friendly, that are public places? Um, I, I love to be able to go on vacation and know that I'm you know not going to be hassled or anything like that. Uh, when it comes to uh, uh, cannabis use. And uh, I haven't really had a whole lot. It was funny. We were in uh, Manitoba in the summer, and I was rolling up some joints before we uh, left for uh, the next destination we were going to. And uh, we were in a small-town hotel, and the lady came up and said, you know, you're not allowed to smoke in there. And I said, I'm, I didn't smoke. I used the ashtrays outside. She says, well, I can smell the cannabis. And uh, I said, no, it's not. I didn't smoke in there. You can just smell it because I'm uh, rolling it up. And so... I had to explain it to her, and 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 I I thought betcha I'd imagine if I was there, if this would have happened in the middle of our trip, they would ask us to leave. I just got that feeling, 
so I always want to travel and stay in places and go to places that are cannabis friendly. Um, we have a story coming up on this week in cannabis news uh, that I, that I'll wait, let you hear that, and and then you'll hear my comments about possible cannabis cafes and where those might end up. So let me know on Twitter at the cannabis one hundred and one. You can get us uh, on Twitter there. You can also uh, find us on Facebook at cannabis one hundred and one podcast and on. Instagram at the cannabis one oh one podcast. And if you have any comments or questions for the show, send me an email, cannabis one oh one podcast at gmail.com. And of course the website cannabis one oh one podcast.ca. By the way, we are giving away the uh Beachcomber storage box from Mood. Uh we'll give the we'll announce the winner at the end of the show, and then you can contact me and we will get it out to you. Uh, before we get to our interview, what goes well with? Is anything that pairs well with cannabis? I'm going with painting and crafting. Uh, I was away uh, recently out in a beautiful spot in Nordic and um, you know, did consume some cannabis while I was there and uh, did some painting and my wife did some crafting. And uh, I, I just, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm a creative person in that sense, but I f- certainly feel more creative uh, when I've consumed cannabis and I'm relaxed and I'm enjoying things and things start, ideas start flowing. So uh, that's what goes well with. That's anything that pairs well with cannabis. I'm today I'm going with painting and crafting. All right, uh, for all your haircut needs, check out Legendary Barbershop, 117th Street and Jasper Avenue. Ask for Morgan, that's my niece. And while you can't smoke cannabis while you get your haircut, they love talking about cannabis. So certainly check them out. All right, Taylor Inglis, the president of Destiny Bioscience and a former CFLer, a Grey Cup champion, joins me on the other side of this. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Your football career to where you are now, president at uh, Destiny Bioscience. Uh, Tell us, I guess, a little bit about that journey, uh, because there's some real estate work that kind of overlapped in playing, like most guys. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that, uh, you know, sustain their lifestyle off a CFL salary, correct? No, that's that's correct. Yeah, there's there's, uh, there's a lot of guys, at least in my career, that were, you know, working in the offseason. And I was really fortunate because I was born and raised in Edmonton, lived here, was educated here, and uh, ultimately played here. So I had the opportunity to work uh, during the season part-time, and then I worked full-time in the off-season. So... Because I lived here full time, I had I had a chance to build uh, a real estate career, uh, at least a small one. So I started off in brokerage with Cushman Wakefield and transitioned over to DTZ Barnaby. And ultimately, I was in brokerage for about five years, and that was neat because you know I'd go to the office from say six a.m. to eight thirty, be at the stadium from nine until two, kind of thing, two thirty, and then head back to the office and work until six. And uh, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities like that right yeah. so uh you know i got i got a chance to sort of build a career on the field and build a career off the field and it was really you know nice to be able to do it at home you took a lunch break to go play football from your from your real estate hey boss i'll be right back i gotta go do yeah. some drills I, I gotta, and I gotta, I gotta get, get ready for hamilton I, yeah. yeah i'll be back to write that report in the afternoon yeah 
Yeah, very fortunate, obviously, yeah, that uh, sure. that you had uh, uh, somebody be that flexible. So you you do that, and then ultimately you, you have to retire at some point, and, and you go full-time into real estate? Is that what it was? Yeah, well, you know what, actually, <laughs> I was fortunate for the first four years that I was there, five years that I was doing it. So my first five years uh, in the CFL, I was in Edmonton. The first two, I was in, it's actually still in my undergraduate. Then I right. started working. And then I got cut in the 2010 training camp, and I got picked up in Winnipeg. Right. So... In 48 hours, I picked up and just disappeared for six months. So, um, you know, I was still, con you know, continuing to try and work and broker deals in Edmonton and Calgary on the real estate side. But I actually got approached uh, by uh, a gentleman at the airport authority here in Edmonton. He said, hey, listen, I'm, I want to build a, a real estate division here. Do you want to come and work for me? So, yeah, that'd be that'd be wonderful. Like, I'm thinking I need to transition out of football here. Sure. And so this was a, an opportunity and a platform to do it. And he said, okay, well, listen, if you can come back to Edmonton, and I was playing in Winnipeg at the time, I'll let you play one more season and uh, and then you have to retire and you can come work out full time. I was like, oh, wow, this is perfect. So I, I actually ended up going to Winnipeg and saying, listen, guys, you got to trade me back to Edmonton. Uh, that, <laughs> wow. Well, it was that or I was going to retire and I was going to take the job because yeah. I wasn't going to pass up the, the, the career opportunity. You, have, you know you have to advance. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I was, I was a long snapper. I didn't have any visions of grandeur. I had my NFL tryouts. I took them. I didn't right. work out. You know, I had a good career in the CFL. Won a championship. Right. So yeah. let's go. What's next? And uh, and ultimately, actually, what happened was Cavis, who was the defensive coordinator in Winnipeg that mm -hmm. in two, 2010, got the head coaching job in Edmonton. And so he went in there. And of I have legendary pregame pump-up speeches, Cavis that, Reed. That's right. Yeah. The one and only. And uh, so, so Cavis and I had a conversation. He said, well, you know, we'll see what I can do. And ultimately, I ended up getting traded back to Edmonton. Uh, for whatever, a couple of draft picks, and and uh, was able to play my 2010 season there or 11 season there, and then uh, retired just before the 2012 season, and that's when I had an opportunity to transition um, out of football. But at the same time, I transitioned my buddy Ryan King, and as the long snapper, so right. I, think, I think you know that story. Yeah. So, buddy Ryan King, uh, him and I had played football for the Wildcats, and and uh, you know worked together. Kind of said he was playing football at St. Mary's at the time. I said, "Listen, man, I'm going to retire. I know this. I've got one season left. Why don't you, you know, learn how to long snap, and we'll see what we can do here." Right. So we would train together in the off seasons, and uh, so sure enough, he's in his fourth or fifth year out at uh, St. Mary's. I bring him into the off season. I say, "Listen," and it was Ed Hervey was the GM at the time. I said, uh, "Ed, I'm on my way out. Um, let's groom this guy. Let's groom this guy." Yeah. And he said, "Okay, great." So he did a couple of workouts. He ended up getting drafted. And uh, taking the long snapping roll over the season after I left and retired, and he's been doing it for eight years yeah. now. Just finished his eighth season, and he was he, Tom Paid Award winner That's last crazy. year. Yeah. So, anyways, pretty uh, forward thinking on your part. Well, you know what? It was an opportunity, and I didn't want to leave the club high and dry either, right? The club had done so much for me. Yeah. It was the least I could do was to try and smooth the transition, right? And uh, you know, Ryan and I are, are good friends. He was actually the uh, the MC at my wedding. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, it was a good opportunity all the way around. I couldn't pass it up. Awesome. Okay, so how do you get from there to where you are now? Well, I did uh, a good seven years at EIA doing the real estate development mm -hmm. on the land side there. So it was, uh, you know, obviously we were busy out there. We did the Outlet Mall and a couple of hotels and a bunch of uh, industrial cargo facilities. Aurora Cannabis mm -hmm. was one of the big deals that we did there. And... Through the interactions there, uh, I was approached to do a separate project on, and do some land deals. 
anyways, uh, throughout the process was asked to come on and join the, uh, the organization. So I, I did that and I, I walked away from about a decade in, in commercial real estate development to take a soiree into the cannabis space. Wow. And I mean, the cannabis industry is, I mean, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be a global industry and there's so much that we don't know that we can learn. And, and, you know, I, I saw an opportunity with Destiny to be able to bring some of that to, you know, the cannabis industry as a whole, the R&D side of it, the science side of it. You know, we aren't just pure cultivators. We aren't going out there to just extract or just to retail. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually want to bring an R&D and science strike to the cannabis space and particularly on the genetic side. So people can find out more about uh, Destiny. You can go to their website at destiny.ca. Uh, and, and I want to get into what you guys do because, uh, you know, taking a look at your facility, and I know it's growing, uh, but it was really, really exciting. But when you um, make that decision, you know, this is, a, as you said, this is a growing industry, pardon the pun, that is not going anywhere. But was it, uh, you know, was it uh, anxious moments about, uh, you know, or is it like, yeah, let's dive right in. I believe in this. You know, what's the what was the mindset at the time? Because there's a lot of people when they decide to get into cannabis, some of their friends and family aren't uh, totally kosher with it. Well, I certainly had some explaining to do to my wife and to my family, my parents in particular. Um, but once I could, you know, actually have them understand what we were doing and, and it isn't just growing cannabis. And, right. and, you know, obviously there's a huge part of the industry that that's what their focus strategically is. And that's, that's great. But um, there, there were some, there was a period of transition there for sure. But the opportunity with Destiny is, and, and has been entirely unique. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason that I decided to completely transition my career path and, and make a change. I mean, I, I believed in the vision that, uh, that Ed has, and I, I believed in what we were doing and what we were building. And I, and, and I shouldn't say I believed in the past tense. I believe in this. Mm-hmm. I, I wholeheartedly with every fiber of my being believe in what Destiny's doing. Um, so from that perspective, there's, there's no hesitation and uh, certainly no regret at all. I mean, we're, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and uh, I think going to change the way uh, a lot of things are, are done in, in the way of, um, uh, you know, uh, cultivation and, and production and things like that. I mean, you guys lead the league in doctors out there. You have a lot of uh, really smart people behind the science uh, of what you're doing. And, you know, the, the facility that you have, I guess, before we get into specifics, can you just give us like a, a, a Coles Notes version of, of what Destiny is? I was, I was going to say, like, I think we should put some context yeah. around this conversation. Yeah, Destiny. So uh, Destiny Bioscience Global Corporate is the name of our, of our company. And uh, we've got a number of verticals, come some operating, some in development. Uh, currently, our operating vertical is uh, Destiny Organics, and we provide a, an organic living soil and organic dry powder uh, nutrient and amendments to uh, grow a, an organic cannabis product. Uh, that is, uh, currently through a distribution channel and about 250 retail stores, uh, hydroponic retail stores, coast to coast. Uh, we've got our four plant home grow kit as well as the individual cultivation products. And, uh, what we're doing currently, uh, is building our facilities. Uh, we've got uh, a couple license applications in the queue right now that are at the, uh, the final stages. All we need to do is complete our construction. We've got two facilities that are, uh, under construction today, we've got a microcultivation facility, uh, and then we've got a larger uh, genetics uh, facility, and we've got about 194,000 square feet being built currently mm-hmm. on the genetic side. Um, we're going to do you know whole genome sequencing, uh, tissue culture propagation. Uh, we've got a, a AI breeded assisted or a breeding program. 
Um, so we've got a, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, ultimately, what we want to be able to do is uh, sort of the first phase of the bioscience business is to be able to provide premium genetics into the supply chain in the cannabis space, um, and do that in the form of tissue culture propagation, and that that gives the LPs the ability to uh, turn their mother room into a flower room, and ultimately add to the bottom line. And the level of genetic that we provide ultimately can, um, you know, be pest resistant or disease resistant or have a, uh, you know, we can design this, uh, you know, certain characteristics of the, of the bud that we're looking for through this breeding program and be able to provide the tissue culture propagated clones to allow these breeders to be more efficient wow. uh, and to ultimately, uh, you know, efficiently use their entire facility. And then, you know, obviously we couple that with growing media. Uh, currently, the product offering is organic growing media, but we're transitioning and we're doing uh, beta testing on non-organic growing media, uh, you know, other nutrients, uh, water-based nutrients, salt-based nutrients, things like that. So, um, you know, ultimately, we want to be able to provide premium inputs into the cannabis supply chain, uh, but that's sort of phase one. So we're currently in development of a couple of verticals right now, and I think we talked about them as well as you know, Destiny Healings and Destiny yes. Naturals and Destiny Innovations. And, you know, ultimately the goal of those divisions uh, is to be able to provide uh, a natural product into the market, you know, as a nutraceutical or a cosmeceutical. Uh, so we're looking at things like, you know, face cream and shampoo and makeup and, uh, you know, obviously topicals, things like that. But again, that's in development that we're sort of working towards that. And, you know, first things first, we've got, uh, we've got major aspirations and we're building, you know, facilities to handle that. But, We've got to uh, we've got to walk before we run. So we've got mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of work ahead of us. I, I think I think it's great that there are uh, you know grand plans like the giant giant big picture, and then also things that uh, you know are are happening now. And uh, you know the uh, you know I'm learning as I go about uh, you know what clones were and what the what the mother plant is. And um, you know uh, after time from from what I've been able to tell, the mother plant does actually weaken at at some point it doesn't just last forever now don't quote i don't know that uh, that's what i've read but um this is a pretty innovative way to change the way strains are developed yeah and I mean, grown yeah and honestly it is done currently tissue culture propagation is currently done in the united states and other places there are breeding programs in place uh, however, you know, a facility of our size with our sophistication right. has not uh, or does not currently exist. So, um, you know, we will be first to market with a number of these, uh, you know, capabilities and the products that will be developed from that. So that is pretty exciting. And, and honestly, you know, you mentioned the sort of the, the phases, the near term, the medium, the long term of the of the industry, of the of the organization, of the company. You know, ultimately, Destiny, I believe, will will head down the path of sort of biopharma, if you know, being able to to, to derive cannabis-based, you know, personalized medicine. Right. Um, and I think that's something we talked about too. Is you know, we we we've talked about you know sequencing the cannabis genome, and that's some of the things that we're doing now. And we've got a significant uh, a data uh, bank right now of of uh, cannabis genomes that we're working through. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, you get to a place where you could sequence human genome and you could be able to provide personalized medicine at a genetic level. Um, you know, and I think that's that's taking place in the medical industry as a whole right now. But I, I think there's a real opportunity to be able to, to apply that to the cannabis space. You can really personalize strain with person, yeah. um, you know, effects, um, um, uh, medical benefits that this specific strain provides to this specific person that this doesn't yeah that's yeah. that that's a that's a game changer for a lot of people like you know you're you're a former professional athletes um if we could ever get uh 
cannabis in place of opiates, man, that's a game changer. And, uh, and, and you could do that with normal people this way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as far as it relates to, to, to you know, the sports world, athletes are already doing that, right? Ath- You're right. Athletes, You're right. Athletes are using cannabis all the time. And some actually actively choose that instead of OPS because, you know, they've seen their teammates or their friends, you know, go through a catastrophic knee injury or something and ended up getting hooked on painkillers um, and ultimately, you know, going to rehab to get off of opiates, right. which, you know, and, and you know, kudos to them for, for, you know, fighting that fight and, and winning. But uh, you guys don't want to do that, right? And they, no. and they know the pain that it does and, and they know that the, the, the impact that cannabis as a plant and as, as a medicinal application can actually have on an athlete. And, and again, you're seeing this Gronk, you know, mm-hmm. out there flogging the great uh, CBD company in the US yeah. right now. You're going to see, you're going to continue to see. Guys these- are talking about that they smoke cannabis every day while playing in the NFL instead of taking opiates. Yeah. Like I, on game days and stuff. Absolutely. I played with guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they were, they were star players. Legitimately, I played with star players that consumed cannabis all day, every day. Yeah. And were, you know, healthy and functional. And productive. productive. Yeah. And there was, you know, that was just part of their, you know, their, their experience. Right. So, um, it, it is going to happen and, you know, wider social acceptance of it will come. Um, we're not there yet, but, okay. but there's certainly a significant momentum in it and it's going to get there. Is there a, a difference to the cannabis produced that way as opposed to the, the mother plant rooms and things like that? Well, ultimately, the tissue culture clones that we'll provide are, are perfect genetic clones. And you, know, you did reference earlier sort of diminishing you know, vigor or phenol expression of a plant. What we're referring to is the old way of, of uh, generating clones, which is like clippings. So right, yes. Vegetatively propagated clones versus tissue culture propagated clones. And ultimately a tissue culture propagated clone, which is produced in an ISO 6 lab, yes, does have a uh, stronger phenol expression. It's more of a, a vigorous plant. Okay. Uh, and it's produced in a, a disease-free, pest-free uh, environment. So you're providing this perfect genetic clone that's been you know, basically grown in, in a sealed environment into a, it, hopefully what is another sealed environment mm-hmm. where this plant can continue to grow and thrive and in its maximal or optimal conditions. Hmm. It's interesting, uh, you know, the, the, the man, the, the cannabis world, and, and like we should say, this is just in its infancy, but um, the, the, when you can combine science with this plant, Great things do happen. And and this plant has so many benefits, whether, you know, our slogan, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Whether you, you do want to get high, and that's perfectly fine, or you want to use it for medicinal purposes um, to to take some pain away or some nausea for cancer patients, yeah. man. You know, like the, the, the science that is behind this is amazing. And, and the science that you guys have at Destiny, as I referenced, you have a lot of uh, really smart people behind things. Um, there must be so much excitement almost on a daily basis. Yeah, it is. There's a buzz uh, in the office for sure. And, and we've got about 15 uh, PhD level scientists working for us on payroll right now. Uh, and when we, we execute on our plan, we'll probably be around 200 uh, scientists and technicians on staff. And hopefully that's in, uh, you know, call it 16, 18 months. So, um, it, it is really exciting. It, it really is. And, and you know what I think it also is really exciting is we're going to be able to, to couple up and, and integrate 
some of the old, you know, tribal knowledge from from growers in you know the black and gray markets. Right. Uh, you know, on the genetic side, you learn their cultivation techniques, their breeding techniques, and you couple that with PhD level science and the technology that we're bringing to the table. It is going to be something magical. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think that's. A, I think there is a way because I think there are a lot of smart people. Otherwise, there would not be a black market or gray market. I think there's a there's a way to blend the legal and the gray market or whatever it is together and, and bring the two minds together as 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 a country I think. Yes, but it's not that simple. No, it's it's um, it's not at all. Or else know, it would be done by now. Yeah, I mean there's there's obvious financial yeah. drivers behind all of that. Um but I, you know, like I said, I think for any of these legal cannabis companies or, or you know, legal R and D companies, they they need to draw from the talent pool that's been doing it for mm-hmm. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, however long these growers and breeders have been doing it. Uh, you know, science needs to learn from some of their expertise, and I'm not saying uh, that needs to continue to happen because obviously, after a period of time. Uh, science will take over. The science will take over and will mm-hmm. drive what happens moving forward. Uh, but you still need to rely on that expertise to be able to keep these plants alive and to have them flourish, right? So, you know, there, there does need to be a, a better and a more in-depth integration of, of that, uh, you know, sort of white and gray markets. Um, but I, like I said, it's not that simple, right? You've got, you know, the ACMPR, MMPR growers, the personal growers. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think that's going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, I, I think, you know, if Canada is serious about, say, closing the price gap or between, you know, the black market and, gray and white market cannabis or, or you know, trying to keep a, a, a certain price per gram on the legal market, which, you know, they're seeing price compression or we're seeing yeah. price compression already and fairly significant price compression at that, um, you know, something does need to happen there. And, you know, I'm not suggesting... What happens? Uh, I don't know what the resolution there could potentially be, but uh, you know there there are going to you know be headwinds that the the legal industry will face as long as there is a thriving gray and black market. Yeah, that's the the the, the biggest uh, competition to um, pick any cannabis store is the black market, uh, and and that's not going to change. And and they're working on it. It's not going to change for a while. It's not going to change. It's not going to change definitely overnight. overnight. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Um, the the uh, I guess the customer base for you is you, you said you guys got the the home grow kit so you we do, yeah. you can uh, service the you know the local guy at home and 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 your facility obviously is is massive so you you service a, a different kind of customer yeah core core business for Destiny is B two B you know obviously on the bioscience side the genetic side working with other cultivators other LPs on the commercial side but you know also. Uh, I, I don't mean to take away from the you know, the MMPR or the, M- or the AM- MMAR growers um, because they're our customers as well. They grow sure. they grow in Destiny and they use or hopefully will use our genetics moving forward. Um, and then you know obviously like you said uh, some B to C stuff, but that's generally done through our retailers on the hydroponic store. And yeah, yeah. so the four plant home grow kit, so you get forty liter bag of dark matter and your your amendments and fertilizers for the the cycle. And you know we don't we can't sell seeds yet. Uh, so you'll have to find those on yeah. your own. But you know what? You can also grow uh, other fruits and vegetables sure, yeah, yeah. in there if you like. So, Yeah. Um, the soil that you guys have and the uh, the production facility is uh, is pretty high end out there. I was uh, lucky enough to kind of come out and visit. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, the, you know, the, just even the stuff I learned that day between, you know, the soil and, 
uh, the amount of worms that you guys have. It's a, it's a pretty in-depth, uh, very cool uh, uh, system that you have out there with different kinds of soil and yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's pretty interesting facility. I mean, you know, and like I said, coming from the real estate industry, uh, yeah. you know, learning learning about the manufactured soil industry and you know, sort of ag and horticulture was was new. Um, the facility has been um, just a you know a hit from beginning in terms of design through the extraction process, uh, obviously through uh, operational, and you know, we're still commissioning. Uh, well, we're going to say still, but just commissioning our, our big bagging line, and, and that uh, right. has just been uh, been brought online here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and so we're continuing to grow and, and move into it and to change paths. I mean, obviously, uh, that facility uh, is designed to operate within the parameters that we have today, but. You know, looking forward at the business plan, what the strategy is moving forward, we'll be able to uh, to adopt that facility to you know meet our needs in the future as well. Yeah, and this is uh, not just Canada, right? Uh, you guys are are you know lo- working and and working with worldwide. Currently, uh, currently we're in Canada. Yeah, and yeah, we are definitely taking steps to get international. Um, you know, we've been awarded permits to. Uh, export some of our products uh, into Australia and into the U.S. Uh, as far as the dry powder fertilizers are concerned, they're you know organic certified here mm-hmm. in Canada. Um, looking at uh, expansion, but you know what we're like I said earlier, we're trying to focus on uh, you know, getting up and on our feet and fully operational here, implementing you know the full business plan and the full strategy. Right. We're just uh, tying up uh, a couple of large uh, financing pieces on the debt and equity side, so. Come the new year, we're going to be in a position to uh, to really find our stride and continue to build the business and uh, build out our facilities and, and uh, get what we need to get done. The exciting part, uh, I think, is the research and, and development and just, uh, um, you know, the, I guess the things we're just going to learn and that, that you guys might learn, the, you know, the, the future, as that song said, is wide open, man. It's, really. it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at what we know today about the cannabis plant and what we hope to learn from it and you know you talk about evidence and you know initially i started doing some research in the cannabis uh, space well you know as an actual potential market you know probably five years ago right kind of going you know maybe there is something here that could be a viable opportunity um you look and you just go this we need we, we got we had a lot to learn right and knowing that we have the opportunity to bring that to the market, to bring that to the table, uh, to bring that specific science and, and find that specific cannabinoid. Uh, you know, we don't even know if we know the full number of you know cannabinoids in the plant, right? You start hearing, well, now I hear it's you know it's over five hundred with you know, all of the elements. Yeah. Okay, well. We need to be able to map that and to identify those and to see how we can apply them. And if there's if there is a significant medical application, for example, for you know THC VA mm-hmm. or or CBG or CBD you know VA whatever. There's like again so much that we don't know, mm-hmm. and that's what's exciting is to be able to sort of chart unknown territory. Um, at the same time, you know it makes you a little anxious, right? Are we doing the right things? Are we heading in the right direction? And, and uh, yeah, we can't g- get too excited. Like, there, you can't put the cart before the horse with yeah. this, right? We have to do this properly. You can't rush in and just say, you know, be blinded by all the great things that are going on with it. Yeah, you need to focus on your core operations. You need to focus on the business, right? So, you know, ultimately, what's going to be driving our financial model and our and our revenue projections over the next three to five years is the growth of our of our genetic mm-hmm. sales. Um, you know, the R&D programs will, will be obviously part of the operational uh, 
cost center initially, and then we'll be able to recognize on some of the fruits of our labor on the R&D side later. So, uh, you know, like I said, focus on uh, the operations today. Let's get, let's get uh, Organics line fully operational, you know, selling internationally, selling abroad, like you said. Let's get genetics online. Let's get our tissue culture propagation program running and, and really hit the market. So what's the, um, I guess, you know, like we know in the cannabis industry, um, I call it season two is, you know, going to be edible soon and drinks and, and man, that's, um, the, the future there is pretty, pretty big. So we know that's next in the cannabis agenda. What's next for like destiny? What's the kind of the, the thing that you guys are looking at right now, or just, you know, a couple of feet well, in front? Well, there's a couple of big, big, uh, um, boulders that we're moving right now on, uh, on the financing side and on the, on the debt side, as well as the equity side. Um, you know, we're, we're putting, we're putting plans in place to, you know, at least look what uh, liquidity in the par- public markets looks like, uh, you know, explore that option. Um, obviously, continued development of our large genetics facility. So we're about half built there. Uh, we're looking to be, uh, you know, probably occupying that facility in August and doing, you know, sort of well, July, hopefully August uh, commissioning. So, you know, short term, we've got some pretty significant milestones. Uh, medium to long term, obviously, the product development continues. Um nice the staggered uh, facility approach with the microcultivation facility and I don't know don't know if I mentioned it earlier but the strategy there was to be able to get licensed and operational right quicker so we'll be in that facility probably a full 10 months or so before we're in the genetics building okay uh, so that'll give us a leg up so we will be doing our tissue culture program on a small scale our genome sequencing program on a small scale and our breeding program on a small scale at the micro facility so uh, you know another milestone for us we need to continue to uh, you know again develop verticals within the organization like I said our, our healing and our innovations and our natural line we need to work you know continue to develop those put the plans in place and you know get the right pieces of the puzzle aligned so that uh, when it's time to execute we're ready to go yeah the healing uh, portion of it is is exciting uh, because of the potential that it has for you know future you know uh, you know your kids whatever are the future generation that first of all are going to grow up without the stigma of cannabis yep. they're just going to think it's uh, normal yeah. and it's medicine yep. and that's what it will be um but the the, the healing is is so important because uh, the the more research that can be done the the more recognition it can get from health canada yep. and the sooner we can get into people's hands whatever that might be, and and I'm not saying cannabis cures all. Nobody is. I don't think anybody anybody that's saying that doesn't know what they're talking about. It doesn't cure all, but it does help with a lot of things. Yeah. I, I I'm a believer in that for sure. Absolutely, as as mine, and you know what I, I'm also a believer in is finding out how we can apply it right more effectively, more efficiently, understanding you know what compounds in the plant are responsible for what and mm-hmm. how how do we actually then apply that in some beneficial fashion. I mean, you know. Ultimately, we have an opportunity to change the way that, you know, current uh, healing is looked at. Uh, and, you know, that can be interpreted in, in many ways, whether that's sort of the nutraceutical and, you know, sort of the over-the-counter stuff, if you're talking, you know, actual pharmaceutical-grade product. And, you know, and if you are, I think from an R&D perspective, it gets a little interesting because obviously pharmaceutical is all more generally synthetic. And so biopharma would be plant-derived, and if we're talking pure pharma, right. um, that's all synthetic. So being able to understand what compound or what cannabinoid is responsible for, you know, treatment of uh, epilepsy or autism or, you know, cancer therapy pain or whatever the case may be. Uh, once we understand and isolate that, that can be exploited. 
so you know, yeah. we we as a as an organization also need to be careful. Uh, and not in the, you know, I'm concerned about big farmers coming for us or anything like that. Uh, you know, but I do think that we have an opportunity to change the way that the industry is currently being operated. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, we've got a long way to go. Like mm -hmm. I said, we've got a couple short term milestones. That that's that's medium to long term stuff that we're talking about. But uh, and and heck, that that might even on, might not even be on our plate, right? Like that's. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, we're like uh, a, a year and uh, a month, I guess. Or, well, when this is this is being recorded, uh, we're we're just over a year and a month of legalization. Um, how do you think Canada, as a country, because there's a lot of eyes upon us uh, around the world, how do you think they've done it? How do you think we have done as a nation? Overall, pretty well. Um, there are some things absolutely that I would do differently. Um, you know, obviously some of the, the, the different regulatory environments have created different problems, you know, different, uh, provincial, uh, regulations and bylaws and, 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 uh, you know, private public, you know, government run Howard that should have probably taken or been taken as a standard approach just to ease the transition. Yeah. Now, that's not a realistic statement. I nobody. I certainly don't expect that to to ever happen to be the case. Um, but I think potentially more standardization could have been helpful. Um, you know, again, people continue to talk about Ontario on the retail side being you know the cause of their uh, their earnings being off, and and the, you know I don't think that's necessarily the entire driver. The industry is growing and evolving and learning. Um, but anyways, I, I think Canada's overall done a really good job. Um, marketing, I think I would probably do it a little bit differently. You know, there's a ton of opportunity here for brand development, which, you know, again, can continue to, to drive the value of a, of a business and drive you know, new consumers to it. But ultimately, Health Canada took a very safe approach. Yeah. And, it, you know, that, and that's fine. Really, it's like you said, to your point, whatever it is. It's been 13 months and, yeah. a, and a day since Canada legal uh, went full legal. And, and realistically, uh, we've done a pretty good job. Now, what do I think the rest of the international community is thinking? Well, I'm hoping they're looking and going, wow, you know, the sky didn't fall. Canada That's right. still running. Crime rates didn't skyrocket uh, yeah, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, it's not like this this horrible event took place and, and everything's different now. It's not the case in any way, shape, or form. Frankly, things are probably better. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope that there's lessons to be learned. Um, and that's, I guess, you know, the challenge of being sort of the, the, the leading edge, which Canada was in this one. Uh, you know, you make mistakes mm -hmm. and sometimes they're big mistakes and you learn about them publicly. But you're also provided different opportunities that, you know, others, you know, not leading edge sort of followers would, would not have. And so Canada's given us a platform to do some of the R and D work that, mm -hmm. you know, hasn't been done. And because there hasn't been the ability to fund those on a federal level or on a, you know, right. uh, state or provincial level. So again, we've been provided opportunities just by the structure, which, you know, some may curse, but I just kind of accepted as where we're at. Um, that I guess other, other opportunities, uh, that others didn't have, right. The, 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 you know, the benefit is, uh, that, uh, you know, I'm able to go out and buy cannabis and bring it home and smoke it. And nobody's busting my door down to arrest me. That's all the obvious benefit. The, the, the bigger benefit is the research that is going to go on with this. And, and that's, you know, now that it's, it is legal, that a lot of that research, a lot more of that research uh, can be done because obviously there has been some research and 
Um, I, it's in a way it's like, uh, yeah, we legalized it, but there's still a stigma with it because sure. uh, we're not, nobody's allowed to look at it. And, you, and it's, you, you, there's still almost like a, a shame from non-cannabis users. So we all have to work to normalize it, to end that stigma. And, 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 and yeah, it's a year and a month or whatever. It's not like they were just going to open up the floodgates and say, do what you want because yeah. anybody that's ever taken a toy away from a kid knows that that's not going to work out well. So you little, let a little bit out at a time of this giant cannabis balloon. And you know, as the years go by, the industry will grow. It's That's a different, right. if it's, it's a touch a different time to compare it to alcohol prohibition, right? Like Agreed. it's just, it's, it's, you know, I'm sure there, there weren't regulations that like there are today with when I don't, I don't know. It was just, it's, it's just such a different time. Agreed. Agreed. No, I, it's an exciting time for the cannabis. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I'm curious to see how long it takes the, the United States to come around access to their capital markets will, yeah. you know, drive a lot, uh, their, their capitalistic approach to, uh, most things um, will be a turning point in the industry for sure on a global scale. You're going to have massive, massive players come into it. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that. See how long that takes. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Europe's taken to it pretty strongly as well. Mm -hmm. Big, big market over there now. Again, however many countries in Europe, however many different sets of uh, laws and regulations, import, export, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not a. It's not a. It's not a simple. You know, answer. It's not. A, it's no. It's very complicated, and it will continue to be. But like you said, as time goes on, we will figure things out, and some things will will evolve faster than others. And and you know, I think you mentioned earlier edibles and extracts, and I'm curious to see how that changes the consumption demographic mm -hmm. that takes place in Canada today. And you know, you can look at American models and get a sense of where it's going to go. But maybe it's different in Canada. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It certainly can be big business, and and I think it will be at some point. Right now, it's obviously restricted um, for for whatever, but uh, it's destiny. At some point, it's going to happen, just like yeah, you guys. Absolutely, Taylor. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks very yeah. much for coming in. Thanks for having me. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on this week in cannabis news. Another edition of This Week in Cannabis News as we're joined by our good friend David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. You can check out the stories and you can check out the OkanaganZ.com magazine OZ. It's uh, pretty awesome. David, thanks for being back with me again. How are you? Hello, good to talk to you again. Things are just rolling along, my friend, rolling along. Excellent. Uh, rolling is what I might be doing a little bit later after this podcast and uh, rolling one up. Um, but uh, <laughs> when, when we talk about uh, this week in cannabis news, it's always seeming that at least every couple of weeks, Can Trust sneaks into one of our stories and uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, they're kind of in uh, a, a stretch run here where they got to get out of some bad news. It's uh could be disastrous times for CanTrust when it comes to uh, their stock, which is hardly worth anything, and the TSX. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a penny stock these days, that's for sure. I think I don't think we've spoken about any company as much as we've talked about CanTrust. And it, it really is a little bit like a car crash where you can't look away uh, the latest news to hit them was that the, the Toronto Stock Exchange has advised CanTrust that it's intending to review its eligibility for continued listing uh, of the company's common shares on the TSX. So the the last time that we spoke about them, um, there was a bit of a foreshadowing to this latest development. 
and uh, they were removed from the TSX Composite Index, which is basically uh, an index that helps to um, gauge the value of the stock exchange. Um, so now it's, uh, it's looking like the TSX is reviewing CanTrust eligibility to be there uh, on there at all. And this is, is from the fact that they are behind on filing documents, uh, financial documents that are required. So they, they haven't uh, filed their audited financial statements uh, for 2018 or 2019, uh, at least some of the quarters in 2019. So, the, you know, there really is two ways to, to look at what's happening with CanTrust right now. And the, the first way is just to, to write CanTrust off as being finished. I mean, they're, they're planning to, to restate, uh, so they're, they're planning to, uh, to stay listed on the TSX, but it's too little too late is what a lot of people are saying. Uh, you know, the other way to look at it uh, is to think that the, everything is going to be fine. Uh, put on your rose-colored glasses, and, uh, you know, uh, it's not like the intern CEO is going to drop the ball on some paperwork, right? <laughs> well, stranger things, I guess, have happened with CanTrust. So it depends on, uh, on where you put your faith. And another little interesting aside about this whole CanTrust thing is that the primary whistleblower, Nick Levant, uh, who's a former employee there, he's now released uh, some video that mm-hmm. he took last December, and that's showing uh, hundreds of cannabis plants in the factory's central area, and that's in Fenwick, Ontario. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess, kind of old news. He says it took this long to release the video because his, his phone was broken and uh, he, he just recently recovered the videos. What? But it's an interest, interesting footage. Sorry, go ahead there, Dean. That, that's so weird. That's, a, that's such a weird excuse that your, your phone has been broken this long. <laughs> you couldn't get the... That just seems weird. It, it, does, it does, you know, but everything about this story seems weird. Yes. And, you know, Nick says that he's had to since move out of Benwick because he's been catching a lot of, uh, a, a lot of flack from you know, former employees, like this whole debacle is seeing 300 people lose their jobs through layoffs and uh, the stock has just crashed. So really this, uh, this, this gentleman brought on the demise of CanTrust or at least close to at this point, just gasping for breath now. And, uh, you know, he said, despite all the criticism he's been facing, he still feels like he's, he did the right thing. So he stands behind his actions. Well, you know, it's uh, it's been proven that they were doing something that in the eyes of the regulation was wrong. So uh, it's, you know, you, you can blame him all you want, but maybe look at the company in general for creating those violations that somebody could, um, you know, take evidence to. And, and you talk about this, the stock, it's, uh, they also listed in, in New York and it's down to 83 cents. Uh, so um, it mm-hmm. is, it is such a long road ahead for can trust and, you know, for, for a company that has trust in its name, it's going to be really hard <laughs> to win that back from the public and, and, and the, 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 the financial district, uh, the, they're going to have to work really hard to, this is going to be a long road for them. Yeah, it sure is. The fact that they were doing this right in the central part of the factory too it's just damning yeah uh you know nick Nick can't be the only one who knew that this was going on yeah no kidding all right let's get to a a more positive story the national cannabis and hemp conference taking place right now uh in Kelowna, and one of the keynote speakers was going to be the co-founder 
of um, nations. And uh, this is the first indigenous controlled cannabis production company in BC. Uh, this is this is pretty exciting stuff, isn't it, David? It's great to see indigenous people being involved in the cannabis industry. Uh, again, it's a new, still a new industry, and you know, I'll keep saying it's a new industry for a few years to come because it's still nascent. And this is a great time for First Nations to be involved. Uh, Wesley Sam spoke, he said he's the co-founder of Nation. And the, the reason that, that, the, that this group, the Burns Lake First Nation, became involved in the cannabis sector is that they've just been hammered when it comes to the forestry sector. And like so many small communities in British Columbia, the, the forestry sector is a lifeblood in a lot of ways. And we've seen quite the downturn. Now, uh, Burns Lake and all the surrounding areas uh, in Interior BC, they've, they've seen mills shut down. They've seen employment reach into double digits. And people have had to leave to find opportunities elsewhere. And this, the, the formation of the cannabis industry in these places uh, gives a great opportunity to create that economic investment and those job opportunities that, that people really need in order to thrive in these small towns. You know, you, you live in a big city center and a main industry shuts down within that big city center. There's somewhere else to go. But when you're living in a smaller place, and you start to see that this kind of downturn. You, what do you do? So this is something that's great to see. Um, we here here in the Okanagan uh, in other parts of the country, uh, we have seen some shops. Uh, we've seen gray areas on indigenous land where cannabis stores have opened up that haven't had that Health Canada licensing. You know, it's been a, a bit of a thorn in the side for legal retail. Um, for legal licensed producers that have jumped through the hoops and gone through uh, all the, the financial costs to, to become um, licensed and regulated. And when, when stores are opening up that are outside of that, it does create tension and friction, of course. So, so the fact that, uh, that we're seeing nations go through and, and become a, you know, a legal entity under the Cannabis Act uh, is very encouraging. And would obviously love to see more of it, and so does Nation. That's what that's what um, Wesley Sam is saying. And, you know, he acknowledges that the process process itself is onerous and uh, and costly. And his advice to those First Nations who feel like they can't shoulder the cost uh, or the burden of going that route, uh, he says to seek out partnerships and uh, and to make it happen the legal way. Well, I, I, I just think that, um, you know, there are, uh, and, and as you mentioned, there are some places that are kind of in that uh, gray area. Um, I, I know when I go to uh, the River Cree Resort and Casino here in Edmonton, uh, people are smoking cigarettes all the time. I'm, I'm wondering uh, if this is a way where we will be able to see maybe, you know, cannabis cafes uh, where you will be able mm-hmm. to go and smoke because, the rules are different uh, when you're on on treaty land and things like that. So uh, uh, that's the that's the one thing I'm really curious about when it comes to uh, indigenous companies is will they be able to open up cannabis cafes? You're not allowed to smoke anywhere in Edmonton except for on those areas. Uh, that's that's something mm. I'm watching for down the road. 
it's it really is tough when when local jurisdictions uh, you know they they create these um, the strange and prohibitive laws right uh, and I think when it comes to to cannabis on First Nations land it's it's going to be uh, no different from what we're seeing uh, with other other things also that there's going to be a lot of talk and a lot of uh, discussion and a lot of mediation that has to happen at the uh, at the local provincial and the federal government levels uh, and you know it's it's just going to take some time to hash things out all right, let's move on to uh, a, a nice story in regards to um, Inner Spirit Holdings, uh, which is Spirit Leaf. And uh, man, they just keep popping up everywhere. 37 different Spirit Leaf stores uh, now open. And, you know, I, I had uh, Jessica Patrician, who is the owner of the Spirit Leaf Argyle location on my show recently. And it's a different model than a Nova or a Fire and Flower. It's a, a a corporation, but individual franchises. And to me, that's why I think they they have such a grip on the uh, the retail outlets right now. They do. There's quite the mix. Um, you know, over the last over the by the end of the third quarter, um, they had uh, you know lots of stores open. Forty seven, uh, sorry, thirty seven in total. Um, like we're talking about here, so is that right? Yeah, thirty-seven spirit leaf stores. And see, there's so many; it's hard to keep track of all the <laughs> no numbers. Doubt, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. There are. Um, you know that that includes a big mix of franchise stores and um, corporate-owned stores where mm. they can. Uh, we've got spirit leaf locations in the Okanagan. There's one in Vernon, uh, one in Penticton, and you know more opening. One in West Cologne opening. One in Cologne opening. It just seems like everywhere you go in the West, there is a Spirit Leaf location, and they are—they're just killing it. Like they—they—they they have great partnerships to get their menu uh, online through Leafly. They've got a partnership with uh, with Up Cannabis, which is the tragically hip um, cannabis company. And you know, they're just reaching out. They're—they are uh, a friendly group. They are uh, very educationally based, and. You know, have a mandate to to walk the customer through, um, you know what what they uh, think that they that that they need or want. Uh, it's it's a great atmosphere, and we're going to continue to see these guys open. At the point, at this point, they've got applications um, for the remaining ten stores needed to achieve the um, Alberta provincial government stated maximum of forty two locations. So they're about to max out in Alberta, which is an achievement in itself. And let's see, by the numbers here, they they said that they've recorded more than $23 million system-wide retail retail sales and served more than 577,000 customers in Spirit Leaf operations since legalization uh, on October 17, 2018. And those are just amazing and staggering numbers when it comes to uh, this industry, yeah, it, it really is, and their their third quarter, uh, twenty nineteen uh, financial results, uh, you know, were also positive. There's 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 been a lot of negative news, unfortunately, in the cannabis industry. But uh, you mm-hmm. know, this is one company when you look at their third quarter results that's on the rise. Everywhere we go, we see stock prices in the cannabis industry falling, and you know, Inner Spirit is actually not. Uh, they they they're still impacted. Um, 
but what they're saying is that they don't believe that the current price is reflecting their market value. And it, with you know, they've got 10 corporate-owned stores right now, 40 franchises projected to be operating by the end of the first quarter of 2020. Uh, they're expecting that their revenues are just going to continue to get higher and higher, so to speak, especially as we start to see the introduction of these Cannabis 2.0 products. Yeah, and their, uh, their projection of uh, 40 stores, more than 40 stores, uh, by the end of the year, uh, it's lofty, but um, you know, it, the, from from where they've been going, I wouldn't bet against them right now, David. No, not at all. They uh, they're definitely. I would say that they're, they're the most successful retail company operating in the cannabis sector in Canada right now. Excellent stuff, David. Thank you so much for joining us once again on This Week in Cannabis News. Uh, people can check out your goods at okanaganz.com slash OZ. You can get the latest stories and check out the magazine. Thanks as always for joining us. Have a great week, David. And thanks for having me. Not a problem. That is David Wiley from okanaganz.com slash OZ. And uh, before that, a great conversation with Taylor Inglis of Destiny Bioscience. Uh, We have uh, a number of contests going. We're going to reveal the winner of the Beachcomber Storage Box from Mood a little bit later on. We have the uh, 50% off the Lobo Genetics by using the promo code CANNABIS101. And we're also approaching our 420th follower contest uh, ending on Twitter. We're at uh, 366 followers. So if you want to be in on this, make sure you're following us. That's all you have to do. And then spread the word. Because once we get to 420, everybody that is following us goes into a draw for a Cannabis 101 podcast prize package. So that's what we have going. Follow us on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Maybe go with that, man. Is it heavy stuff, man? All right, our Cannabis Character this week is... Uh, a guy who we talked about earlier in the show who just narrowly lost out in advancing to the semifinals of the Cannabis Character Cup. We started this Cannabis Character Cup with 65 Cannabis characters from television and movies, and we are almost down to the final four. Uh, Kumar Patel, played by Cal Penn, and Harold and Kumar uh, go to White Castle, is our character today. Uh, Harold Lee... Uh, his uh, movie colleague in that movie, played by John Cho, uh, lost out to Pedro Dupacus, and so did Kumar. So Pedro Dupacus, Cheech Marin, just swipes away Harold and Kumar in back-to-back wins to reach the final four. So Harold and Kumar, uh, Harold went out in round three, uh, Kumar bows out in round four, but we honor him today in our cannabis character and uh, he's a smart young guy who likes to get high with his boy Harold. We're so high right now. We're not low. That is one of my favorite lines in a in a cannabis movie. 
we're not low. I absolutely love that. Uh, so Kumar's dad sets him up with a bunch of interviews for a medical internship. And after breezing through all these questions in this one interview, uh, there's a last one about uh, pancreatitis and his phone rings. You would have uh, epigastric tenderness, uh, diffuse abdominal tenderness. I'm sorry. Can you hold on one second? Oh. Kumar's phone. Kumar speaking. Hey, what's up? It's me. What are you doing? Nothing important. I can talk. What's going on? Listen, uh, I can't I can't party tonight, okay? I gotta stay late at the office soon. When is getting high ever prevented you from doing your work? Oh, jeez! Ah! Believe me, I would love to come home, okay? But I got a lot of work to do. Thank you. I just got a quarter of the finest herb in New York City, and I'm not smoking that shit alone, okay? So you need to just chill the fuck out and prepare to get blazed, because in the next couple of hours, I expect both of us to be blitzed out of our skulls. Got it? All right, I got it. I'll talk to you later. Uh, where was I? Oh, we've got the uh, severe anal discharge, sometimes violent, a.k.a. diarrhea. <laughs> Mr. Patel, I'm more than familiar with diarrhea. Do you actually believe, after the way you've just behaved, that I would ever even consider recommending you for admission? No. And there we go. As the, uh, he, by the way, he, he spilt a coffee mug on, um, on the guy. That's what uh, the guy was freaking out about. So um, as the movie goes, they end up on a crazy adventure with Neil Patrick Harris, smoke a bunch of weed. They try to get to White Castle. Um, Kumar is a pretty smooth dude at times. He's on campus uh, dealing with some weed in this scene. Are you guys about to smoke? Yes, we're going to smoke. You want to you wanna come back to my place? Please. Please, like they want to go listen to a bunch of fish records while you read your lame-ass poetry. <laughs> Girls, you guys want to hang out, maybe smoke a little weed and have some fun? All right. My poetry's not lame, it's really good. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's great. We're going to eat before this gets cold, so we'll just save meet you back in our room about 20 minutes. We're in room 109. 109, got it. We'll see you ladies later, huh? There we go. Pretty funny character, both of them, Harold and Kumar. And the spinoffs are good as well. I'm going to add Harold and Kumar's 3D Christmas on my December watching list this year. Uh, that is Kumar Patel, played by Cal Penn, in our latest cannabis character. And I just want to remind you, we do have a YouTube channel if you're checking things out. Uh, it's been a little bit slow building it, but we have some things to add in the next little while. Uh, hopefully later this week, I'm going to be adding a uh, product review uh, from the Zeus Arc GT uh, I've uh, been able to test it out with the, uh, at attachment that I got and I really, really am enjoying it. So I want to let you know how that works. Uh, I've got a few other things that we're going to be putting up there as well. So check it out on YouTube, the cannabis 101 podcast, YouTube channel. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova cannabis store manager and educator. Another edition of What's That Strain with Chris Ionson, the manager of the Off-White location of Nova Cannabis. It's been a while since we've chatted. Uh, I was uh, uh, away and you were away. So welcome back and uh, welcome back into the studio. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, Dean. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, we're going to get to uh, where you were going the last time we chatted, and that was the uh, Canadian Cannabis Awards yeah. in Toronto. And congratulations, by the way. Um, your store, top two in the country, yeah. and uh, the top two bud tender 
in the country as well. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, it was really awesome. It's really cool to be, uh, you know, um, nominated even, just let alone to win the uh, the runner-up. So that was really cool. Uh, the award ceremony was amazing. The gala was super fun. Uh, everyone got dressed up really nice. I, I wore my first bow tie. Nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we had a blast though. It, uh, it was just a real big party uh, and a lot of networking going on, met all kinds of neat people from different industries. Good stuff. Yeah. We'll recap the awards a little bit later on. We're also going to talk, dive into a little bit about, uh, season two, because, uh, you are starting to see some of the products that will be available for customers. Um, right now they're not available yet, but you're starting to see. So we'll, we'll dive into that, but mm-hmm. the, the main course today chocolate fondue a a sativa dominant strain from dna genetics and um, you know this is uh, i know one of your favorites uh, when it it comes to lps isn't it yeah it it is it's uh, one of my top ones for sure i just i I love don and aaron Uh, they're my cannabis heroes i always refer to them as that Uh, they're just legends in this industry Uh, they're seed suppliers they're breeders and you know they've got this recreational brand under the canopy umbrella too um, and all their strain selection too is always really like unique mm-hmm. and different and flavorful. They're all about the terps, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's noticeable in all their bud. Well, it's, it's awesome to, uh, talk about pioneers of, of the industry. And, and that's what these guys are. Um, obviously people, uh, when they see DNA genetics might think, oh, that's really cool. But DNA does not stand for what people think DNA stands for, does it? Yeah, no, it stands for, uh, for Don and Aaron. Uh, so Don Morris and Aaron Yarconi, uh, geez, they met 20 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Don sold Aaron some weed and, and they <laughs> became homies and they started hanging out. It's just amazing <laughs> what can happen when one guy, um, you know, produces cannabis for another guy, a beautiful friendship that has benefited them and us as, uh, as cannabis consumers. So the start of a beautiful and beneficial for us friendship. Yeah. And so they got their start uh, in California in the black market. Um, and this is pre prohibition day mm-hmm. or prohibition days. And uh, so they moved out to Amsterdam in, uh, in 2003 and uh, the DNA next company was uh, kicked off in uh, 2004. Um, yeah, like I said, just legendary guys. They've invented and, and breeded some really cool strains. LA Confidential, Kosher Kush, Tangy, Chocolope, um, just legends. And smart too. You know, they're in California. Things are getting a little bit hairy. Let's go to Amsterdam where it's a little bit more relaxed. And from there produce, like you just said, some just, uh, amazing, uh, creative strains. And, and now that California is legal. They come back home. Yeah, so yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, you know, they also have a bit of a claim to fame when it comes to OG Kush too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, for sure. They, uh, they, they claim to be the guys that brought OG Kush to Europe and you know, who no, would doubt them. Yeah. You know, no, they, right? they've like created a, so much. So yeah. uh, as you mentioned, some, uh, really cool strains and they have been rewarded, um, you know, the amount of awards, uh, mm-hmm. maybe the most awarded brand in the industry. Yeah, they are. I've seen that. Uh, I've seen that all over, you know, the internet and stuff. They are the most awarded brand. Uh, over 200 awards. That's in the Cannabis Cup, uh, Stiva Cups, and, you know, all these can- cannabis awards uh, that take place all over the world. Uh, also, uh, in 2017, 
um, they they were uh, nominated as a High Times Trailblazer Award, and there's like 50 people that got nominated. It was like Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson, and DNA Genetics is you know a part of that list too. Well, that's where we mentioned pioneers from, right? They they're recognized, uh, you know, within the industry of being absolutely pioneers, and uh, the the High Times Trailblazer Award is in fact um, evidence of that, and and you know. These guys are at first um, cannabis fans themselves. Uh, like Big they're time. they're not just saying, "Okay, that batch is done, get it out there." They're yeah. like, "Okay, let's take a look at this." It's it's almost like they grow for them first. If it passes the test, it's good for the consumer. But they're their own critics, right? Yeah, yeah, they're definitely cannabis enthusiasts. They smoke daily. Um, yeah, I, I've I've talked to some people that have you know gone out for dinners with them, and at any any function that you're at with them, there's always joints being rolled up on the table. My uh, time, my kind of guys. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. But uh, that's great. These guys are first and foremost cannabis lovers, and if they don't love it, then the consumer's not going to get it. And and why would you? Why would anybody doubt their judgment uh, yeah. at this point? Right? Like it's great. It's like okay, if it's not good enough for you. It's, I don't want to smoke it then, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I, I respect that. Like it's yeah, I think I, respect I is a big thing, and I appreciate it as a consumer too. Yeah, I I really do. Uh, they're, they're not going to uh, let it get out there, and and you know what is also um, very cool is that they're involved in a show called Pimp Your Grow. Yeah, uh, pimp, pimp My Grow. Pimp My Grow. Tell me about this. It's yeah. on uh, Prohibited TV. It's it's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a, a show. It's kind of like Pimp My Ride with yeah. Exhibit, you know, where they would pimp your car. Uh, they actually pimp your your grow op and uh, your, grow, your, your grow show. And so Don and Aaron from DNA uh, will come to your your house and take what a look would, at you. What would happen if they showed up at your house for this? You would go bananas. Uh, you would definitely be fanboy. Yeah, no, I'd freak out. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> and people do on this yeah, show. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. The one guy's like, I can't believe you're in my house. And that's the way we would be. That right? would be me. Yeah. I, I think I'd be a little embarrassed. though. I just got like one tent and one plant going right hey, now. Man, but that's okay. I would just, I'd love to hear their input though. They you know, can they... pimp all sizes of grow ops. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? true. And, and the great thing is, is, you know, like a, I, I would say my wife, but I get sucked into these renovation shows that she's watching on the HGTV home yeah. and garden, whatever. And, and you see the reveals yeah. and it's so cool. You're like, wow, that house Before looks totally after. different. And same thing on this, they do the reveals and the people are like, oh my goodness. And mm -hmm. it, it could be life-changing for somebody that is growing for, you know, medicinal purposes and they need the proper work. Like they're not just coming in and saying, we're going to get you some primo uh, weed here. They might be coming in and saving your life if you, if you rely on it medicinally, because you might not be doing it properly yeah for sure amazing uh, i can't yeah. wait to watch uh, more uh, episodes of this and and they also um you know they are from california but they did have a um a piece of Canadian history when legalization came about, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, so October 17th, 2018, uh, Don and Aaron were, were first in line at the uh, the BC Cannabis Store in, in Kamloops, BC. Uh, and they both bought uh, 3.5, a lemon skunk. The media was was there and all over it. And, uh, and I love how in the interview, like, what are you going to do with it now? And both of them looked at each other and said, smoke it. Yeah, what else are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Okay, so we're talking about... Chocolate fondue, a uh, sativa dominant strain from DNA Genetics, uh, legendary uh, LP. Uh, the history of this comes from one of their strains as well, doesn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, Chocolope uh, was a strain that DNA Genetics actually uh, invented and created, uh, which is a cross of uh, chocolate tie and uh, cantaloupe haze. So that's where you get the Chocolope. Okay, so I, I thought it was antelope. I thought it was a chocolate antelope. Like, you know, like the chocolate bunnies you oh, get yeah. at Easter. I yeah. thought... Chocolope. That's a chocolate antelope. Awesome. Oh, but I, 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 I get the cantaloupe uh, reference. So you've yeah. got chocolope. Uh, well, it's cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. Right. Yeah. That produces chocolope. Yeah. And then you take chocolope with Exodus UK cheese. So some really interesting lineage in this one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, for sure. The, the UK cheese and the chocolope kind of mixed together too. It really gives a really nice taste and flavor to it as well. Um, cool thing about the the chocolate, I just want to mention here. Um, they used to call that strain. It was it used to be called D line, and um, they sh shared it with their buddies. And I guess their buddy John didn't like the name mm. <laughs> as he was hitting it. You know, I think the name D line sucks, and so they revisited the name and looked into the lineage and got chocolate instead. I love the hands on. <laughs> approach that these guys have like getting their friends involved getting the feedback of different things yeah. and you know what this doesn't taste that good we're not going to sell it yep. this tastes great we're going to do it but we're going to change the name and really mm -hmm. hands-on that they really are are getting feedback from not just themselves mm -hmm. but from different guys as well so uh beautiful chocolate and exodus uk cheese uh the lineage and uh, chocolate is a dna genetics uh invention and and speaking of dna genetics their website is pretty cool you can go to dnagenetics.com now it's mostly it's it's a seed bank mm -hmm. um so you're not going there to order some chocolate fondue um but you could go and maybe order some chocolate seeds uh, that's right sort of thing but there's a lot of really cool uh, information on their websites plus some pretty cool videos and pictures as well if you want to see these guys in action yeah yeah i really enjoyed their their website and i go on it from time to time and just check out the the new videos and the media stuff they uploaded because uh, they just they really are doing a lot of cool things in mm -hmm. the cannabis industry and they've usually got a camera crew like following them around documenting it why not right yeah. like it's so new that that part of the industry is so new too is you know we we have the lps and and we have to have the media portion of this to get this message out to normalize this and mm -hmm. so uh, they're they're certainly leading the way in uh, that regard as well uh, thc cbd um this is the uh, one uh, gram package um, uh, that i picked up and it says 16.3 percent which is a mid-range but comparing mm -hmm. it to some of the other chocolate fondue you've seen, this isn't as high, is it? Yeah, it's a, this is the lower side for the chocolate fondue. Um, for the last couple of months, we've been seeing it coming in at about 22% THC. Hmm. Um, I have tried the 16% stuff too, and still does does a great job. Uh, right. I didn't even notice the, the big drop in it at all. So. Well, as we've said before, you would never go in and buy a bottle of wine by alcohol percentage, mm -hmm. so don't be scared off by 16.3, yeah. which is a nice mid-range, a good stepping stone for somebody that's um, you know experienced cannabis for a little bit and they want to go to the next one. I think chocolate fondue would be uh, a good one, but for the experienced user, don't be scared off by 16.3%. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, that could still hit you real hard. And, and it good. does, yeah. yeah. And it does, for yeah. sure. Okay, so when we look at what's in a name, um, I think it's kind of obvious yeah. um, as far as the fondue references, right? Yeah, for sure. I just feel like it's a lineage name. Uh, you know, Chocolope, we got the chocolate, fondue, and the cheese. 
I love fondue. Do you, are you a fondue fan? I am a fondue. Yeah. We. I. I remember as a kid when my mom and dad would be like, "We're gonna fondue." I did, on New Year's Eve. I thought it was so special. So, Trish and I tried it about six, seven years ago and almost burnt down our condo. Literally had to get out the fire extinguisher. Oh, um, so it can be a little bit dangerous, but it is delicious, though. Yeah, that sounds like a fondant. Yeah, that's a fondant. Really, I wish. I, where is my drum roll? I don't know where it is, but that was really, really <laughs> impressive. So yeah, the fondue reference is. Uh, is uh, obvious uh, when we when we talk about the look um pretty good sized dense buds on this aren't there yeah yeah uh, tight dense nugs um really nicely trimmed too mm-hmm. um like like how it looks it's kind of a camo green buds yeah. and we've got kind of orangey brown pistols um looks sharp uh also when we kind of took a look at it in the magnifying glass there, like the trichomes were pretty yeah. intense i like i use the word spiny it, yeah. it reminded me of like a uh, what's that uh, dinosaur? The stegosaurus. Stegosaurus, yeah. where it's got the spine. The trichome coverage on this was really thick, and I just immediately I saw it. It was like, like mountain ridge or yeah. spiny almost. And and listen, ever since you started talking about putting it uh, under a, a magnifying glass or something like that, which you use. I love doing that. Yeah. The, the cannabis the I time. get now all the time, I bring it home, I take a look at it, and it's like, wow, it, it is so much different than just green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much more to it when, yeah. you, when you get real nice up and close to it. Yeah, e- exactly. So I, I like that. Um, could do without the false bottom on the uh, the packaging, but yeah. I think that's going to get better over time, and yeah. we're starting to see that. But um, pretty general, um, you know, uh, uh, kind of like the... False bottom packaging, easy to open, so there's uh, yeah. certainly no problem, and, and obviously childproof and stuff like that. So um, I, I'd imagine the false bottoms are going to go away at some point, but you need the room to put all the government warnings and restrictions. So mm-hmm. this is not on uh, uh, DNA genetics. This is on if this doesn't have a false bottom, where does everything go? Yeah, for sure. There uh, there are some LPs uh, in different provinces that, that I've heard about where they're doing kind of an accordion style uh, oh, for the okay. warning label so that the packaging can become good a little stuff. bit smaller. So hopefully we see that here in Alberta. Okay, so that's good stuff. Um, terpenes uh, with this one. What are the big three we're looking at? Big three for chocolate fondue are caryophyllene, your fave. Ooh. Yeah, uh, We've got limonene in there too, citrusy kind of zests to it, and then pinene is the third. Okay, so just quickly, uh, we revisited every once in a while. We just talked about you would never buy alcohol a, b- a bottle of wine by the uh, alcohol percentage. Um, just a quick recap of terpenes and, and how they play into the entourage effect. For sure. So all, all cannabis um, has terpenes, and they, they're uh, aromatic oils that secrete out of the cannabis glands. And they're going to make your bud uh, smell and taste a certain way. Um, so, you know, for example, uh, the caryophyllene that we talked about, that's going to kind of give your bud kind of a spicy and peppery uh, flavor and uh, taste. Uh, limonene will be that citrus. Uh, and there's there's over 100 different terpenes, too. Mm-hmm. And with the entourage effect, it's it's your the THC content of your cannabis, the CBD content, and then the terpenes. And so those three kind of all mixed in together are going to give you a desired effect. Yes, and it's uh, it's it's very important as we move forward in the industry that you know terpenes become more, and they are. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have them listed on the cards that you have, yeah, and, and leaf leaves. Yeah, the more terpene information yeah. out there 
the better. And, and people can look at different terpenes and say, you know, this is, I, I really like, for me, karyophyllene. So I go into a lot of stores and I'm asking about karyophyllene and I'm finding more and more people are, are being more aware of that. And, mm-hmm. and it's going to be, it's going to be something very important to, you know, as we move forward and evolve in this industry and, you know, sativa indica and hybrid are, are a good starting point, but we're going to evolve past that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You, you nailed it there. I, I see, you know, hopefully in a year or two, like right. I don't, I don't think it's going to take too, too long where people are going to be coming in saying, I'm looking for something with mercine and I'll need some pre-rolls that have high lemonine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to start hearing that a lot more. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, desired effect. Uh, when we, uh, think about chocolate fondue. What are we expecting? And and we should mention everybody does react a bit differently to uh, mm-hmm. you know, different cannabinoids and things like that. So yeah, we can give, we'll give you the generalized sure, yeah, effects yeah. here. Uh, it's definitely a very uplifting uh, strain of cannabis. Um, a lot of laughs um, and uh, kind of like a, a good rush of bliss and, and mm. energy. Uh, last couple times that I've smoked it. Um, it's good social strain too. Yeah. Uh, good conversation starter. Uh, I've definitely brought chocolate fondue out to like, uh, social functions where it's, you know, multiple, there's like five of us together and we all smoke, Right. pop the chocolate fondue though. And those conversations are fun. Um, a lot of laughs and we get, you know, we get creative. We think outside of the box. Good board game strain then. It is. Yep. For sure. All right. I like that. Uh, what's it good for? We kind of just talked a little bit about, uh, board games, but, um, you know, I, I've, I've read some people describe this as a wake and bake, which I think it could be, but this could also, this, this, this should not scare people away from having this later in the evening as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I've definitely had chocolate fondue at like, you know, 11, 1130 PM and, you know, gone to bed half an hour later and, and been fine. Uh, so it's definitely not like an energizing, uh, you know, caffeinated strain of cannabis it's not going to keep you wired uh which is nice um yeah and another thing that it's it's kind of good for dean is uh it's good for things you might not want to do so it's kind of like a motivator so you know you're not really looking forward to cleaning the house or doing that laundry um hit some chocolate fondue and it'll kind of gives you a little bit of a push that's really good to know. Um, the next time Trish forces me to do some laundry or ironing, which I would burn all of the clothes, I'm going to throw uh, down some uh, chocolate fondue on that because it, it's a good point. You know, you got to go out and shovel the walk. Okay. Yeah. Have a little bit of this, throw some earbuds in and, yeah. and enjoy it a little bit more. I like that. Things you might not want to do um, as, as, a po- as, as well as board game strain and things like that. Yeah, so it's kind of a jack of things, all things trades. You do want to do yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do a little post. Okay. Taste test. I just had a, uh, a hit, uh, definitely some sweetness there. What yeah. else am I getting? Yeah, for sure. Um, the sweetness, the sour, um, and also kind of a cheese and nutty flavor mm-hmm. on the inhale, uh, and then floral on the exhale. I like the, the, um, I, I'm a massive cheese fan. So I, I really like, so th- I, there's not a, a ton that I've gotten out there where I I really feel that, but you can definitely kind of have that little bit of a, I don't know, you know, a cheese has that different bit of a taste and aroma. A little pungent. Yeah. A sharp pungent kind of a thing. So I I like that. And then, yeah, definitely um, the, the floral flavors uh, from the limonene that you get on the kind of the exhale. eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, when you uh, when you actually like smell the butt itself too, and we haven't really gotten into that yet, um, it, it is earthy and it's got that pungent kind of mm-hmm. cheese odor. 
Um, and um, I, I find with with me when I when I consume cheesy cannabis, it's like a nice cerebral head high, yeah. where I like feel it kind of almost behind my eyes. Uh, maybe that's not everybody, but. Uh, that's been my experience when sure. I when I hit a cheese strain, you know, and I, I am deep in thought and I'm, you know, uh, I just, I feel it right behind my eyes and it's an enjoyable high. I think this could be a good idea starter strain too. If, if, if you've got a project coming up or, a, yeah. um, you know, maybe a paper or something like that and you need to get some ideas in, in, in media, uh, one term that people would use is, uh, uh, write high, edit sober. So, you know, you're, you're in that state and you're yeah. writing stuff out. And for me, I would come home at midnight from my show and plan the next day's show while smoking a couple of joints. Yeah. And then the next day I get up and be like, okay, this is a little bit too, but this is really good. And we expand on that. This seems to be kind of a strain that be like, if you've got a bit of a writer's block or something going on, this might be able to get you out of it. Cause yeah. it kind of stimulates it already. Look, I'm talking so much already from this, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's a good idea starter strain. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, it's a Kickstarter. Yeah. Just get you going. Awesome. Okay, so that is chocolate fondue. Mm -hmm. It's a sativa dominant strain from uh, the legendary DNA genetics. Um, and speaking of legendary, you were at a pretty awesome event in Toronto. The last time we spoke, you were on your way to Toronto. Uh, and then you were you were uh, gone uh, mm -hmm. in uh, Drum Heller yeah, uh, setting up a store, and I was busy, so we didn't get to chat. So, tell me how uh, we we kind of touched it on at the beginning. You yeah. guys came in second for store of the year, yeah, uh, retail outlet, and your Bud your Bud Tender Jordan, Jordan um, comes in second. That's amazing. I know you wanted to win, but to say you're number two is so awesome. Yeah. What was the weekend like? You got there on, I think, on a Thursday? Yeah, we got there on a Thursday. Um, geez, we went out uh, for dinner with uh, with an LP uh, out of Ontario that, uh, you know, they showed us, uh, talked to us about their company and stuff, mm -hmm. and it was super enjoyable. We went for this delicious pizza. I had the best Caesar salad I've ever had in my life, number well, one, number well, one. Well, it's a good thing you, you got it before the recall of all the romaine lettuce, because I tried to get a Caesar salad the other day, and they wouldn't sell it to me, so oh, okay. you got it in just <laughs> under the wire, and it yeah. was the number one It was before. so good. Awesome. Every, everyone that had it was gushing. Uh, yeah. It was super good. It was nice. Great. Yeah. Um, so we did that though, hung out uh, with some so friends. You are talking about an actual salad and not the lettuce yeah, term no, just, cannabis, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just food. Okay, yeah. good, good. Uh, we had a lot of pre-rolls throughout the evening. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the gala was on, on the Friday and that was at the Royal York Hotel, the Fairmont Royal York. Beautiful, eh? What a hotel. That, I've only beautiful. seen pictures, but it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's tremendous. Uh, and that was super cool. Like right as we walked up to, to the show, um, we we saw like a bunch of people in gowns and tuxes outside burning joints. <laughs> just, they just didn't seem to fit kind of how. Cool. But, but was, I like that yeah, it's That's what we're evolving yeah. to, right? Uh, super cool event though. Uh, amazing dinner. You know, uh, the gala was great. The awards ceremony too was pretty quick, mm -hmm. which I feel like everyone there was pumped about it. Yeah, yeah, they rocked through it, and so no we could long have, crazy speeches. No, everyone was pretty short Good. and sweet. Um, yeah, and it was uh, they had a DJ and I don't know, it was a, and great for meeting content. What is the Ontario cannabis scene like? It's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I met a lot of really really great people uh, in in the Ontario you know cannabis industry. Uh, 
everyone's friendly everyone's happy yeah that's what I've, I've found in alberta too is it's just a great industry to be a part of where you know we're all s stoked and excited to be part of this booming new industry with all this new fun stuff happening so yeah. it's, it's hard to be in a in a bad mood when you're you know in this yeah I, I i think that too it's i was in manitoba and i went into a different a few three different cannabis stores just to see what it was like and uh, you know every province has different regulations quickly you talk about the, the the scene of people in gowns my buddy went to a iron maiden concert one day that got out at the same time as phantom of the opera mm -hmm. so you had opera oh. and metalheads mixing together right outside of the oh, uh, awesome. that would be weird but i i love that <laughs> You know, the, the Canadian Cannabis Awards happened and they seem to generate a lot of positive publicity and accolades for, you know, San Rafael. Yeah, Man, they, they, they cleaned they up. Cleaned up. And, yeah, uh, Indica of the year, Sativa of the year. Aurora wins for uh, the, the spray. Yeah, their uh, Sativa spray too. That, that thing sells really mm -hmm. well in the stores and a lot of good reviews on that. So interesting. Cat and we talked about some of the different future categories and stuff like that that could, yeah. uh, you know, happen down there. But it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. Uh, there was a, a guy there. He's a, an Instagram kind of uh, personality for Canada. influencer. Yeah, yeah, influencer. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Uh, he brought a three and a half ounce joint uh, in the shape of a hand holding a big fat doobie. And uh, so I, I'll, I'll show you. Some, I got wow. some videos of, of a couple of us smoking it. Uh, massive joint where at first he lit the, the joint in the finger and then he started lighting each finger as like as it kind of progressed and then it, 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 just, it took quite a while to burn uh but it was uh it was really cool to that see. puts my gatlin gun to shame i i'm sorry it does it yeah. does yeah. like the gatlin gun <laughs> is cool it's a cool party trick yeah um and and like i said you would be able to roll a tighter gatlin gun than i could but <laughs> I, I like those kind of things. They're, yeah. just, they're, they're neat party tricks. They're, you know, sometimes it's a giant waste of weed for one or two people, but if you get yeah. enough people around, it makes it worthwhile. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the one that was there, it was a work of art. Yeah. It, it looked oh, like a, looked it looked like, like yeah. a hand and a, and a forearm Awesome. <laughs> holding this joint. And it was like, he had a bong attachment for it. So it, it, we, we were hitting bong hits and you could puff it like a joint too. And yeah, so that was great. Uh, the whole the whole experience was great we got to see you know some, a little bit of toronto too Sweet. and go to the aquarium i i tried uh whistler cannabis for the first time yes yes um got some of their chocolate actually nice. uh, funny enough and uh it was delicious and uh it made our aquarium visit a lot of fun no doubt no doubt yeah. uh season two is around the corner yeah it's coming not fast enough for christmas probably though no, no, unfortunately not. Uh, it's looking like, yeah, January is probably going to be the earliest that we're going to see edibles, vapes, and all that. But you're of... starting to see some of the things that are going to be popping up on shelves in January. Yeah, for sure. Jeez, uh, it feels like every, every day, uh, you know, a, a rep from an LP comes in to, you know, talk with us and try and set up some education sessions on the mm -hmm. 2.0 stuff because uh, there's a lot of new cool stuff coming. Um yeah, it's going to be real exciting. But unfortunately, not before Christmas. Uh, mm -hmm. It'll be a nice post-Christmas bonus and uh, for, for cannabis fans, and we'll kick off uh, the new year in style. Yeah, definitely. It'll be good. All right. So that was uh, Chocolate Fondue, a uh, sativa-dominant strain from DNA Genetics. Uh, thank you very much, Chris, of the uh, number two retail store in all of Canada. Yeah. Sounds good to it. Yeah, it's got a good that ring sounds to pretty it. cool. Yeah, awesome, dude. Thanks for having me. You betcha. You mind if I do it, Jay? Not at all. I'm still working on that uh, Casablanca pre-roll that I got my groove on with. 
at the beginning of the show. Congratulations again to uh, Chris, uh, the number two store in all of Canada. That's awesome. And if you want to be a part of this segment that we just did, you can. We have something called What's Your Strain? And it's a contest. Basically, you tell us what strain you want us to review. If you're picked, we will review your strain with you in studio if you want. You can participate, ask questions, learn more, but that's not it. I'm also going to give you a $100 shopping spree, and Chris is going to help you out in what you want to pick out with that $100. So cool stuff for what's your strain. You can be a part of the show, and more importantly, you can pick up $100 worth of free cannabis or cannabis accessories. That's the cool part, courtesy of me. So email me cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com tell me what's your strain and if you're picked you'll be in studio with us bud dope flower ganja mary jane we all have our own language when it comes to cannabis herb john lennon plant Thai stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel Ojeks, The Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, we had uh, Taylor Inglis on the show earlier from Destiny Bioscience and the great things uh, they have growing there, pun intended. And so we're going with weed words about growing and um, you heard us talk about a mother plant Uh, a mother plant is one plant that produces clones and they can last for a long long time Um, and what a clone is is a clipping from a mother plant that is rooted and grows so you have this mother plant you take a clipping off of it root it um, grows up and then it produces more bud and then the mother plants last for a long time. Um, as we talked about with uh, Taylor, sometimes they do weaken uh, over time and um, some of the technology uh, might actually eliminate the need for uh, mother plants. Uh, but Cross, Cross is breeding two different strains together. As uh, Chris and I talked about, uh, Chocolope and uh, UK Cheese uh, uh, together, bred together have uh, produced uh, chocolate fondue, which we uh Uh, discussed earlier in what's that strain flowering time is a term you might hear that's the time period it takes for the plant to produce mature flowers heirloom a cannabis strain that's taken from its homeland and bred in another geographical location Uh, and then there's a term hydroponics you may have heard that Uh, that is a a system that grows plants in water uh, with nutrients instead of soil Uh, some have said it uh, it's a little bit more pure of a plant i'm not Sure, I'm not a growing expert. OG uh, does not stand for original gangster, but ocean grown um, comes out of uh, California. Uh, that term pistol is uh, something that you will see on the plant. It's like the small hairy plant parts of the bud. Uh, sometimes they can be orange or amber, brown, white, red. Uh, what a, pal- a plant is fertilized, uh, any plant, the pistol, that's the part that collects the pollen from the male. In marijuana's case, there's no fertilization. The pistols help you, can sometimes help you uh, know uh, when that plant is ready. Uh, and they're they're really cool to look at. Uh, so are trichomes. Uh, they produce resin on the cannabis plant. And when you look closely, at, they look like tiny hairs. They're not hairs. 
Uh, sometimes they look like crystals and they're not crystals either, but that's what they look like when you get a magnifying glass or a microscope and you can re really look closely at your cannabis, uh, you will see these trichomes and they're, they're, uh, they look like spiny little uh, things. The, the ones that we had this week with uh, chocolate fondue, I described them as spiny. This is where the cannabinoids are produced. Uh, CBD, THC, um, and many others. When you collect your keef in the grinder, this is where it comes from. If you have a four-piece grinder and you get all the good stuff at the bottom and throw it in a joint, it's very important. So be careful uh, if you are a, a beginner. And that is going to just about wrap things up on the Cannabis 101 podcast. Only one thing to do. Congratulations to at John Paul 715-39356. Congratulations, you have won a Beachcomber storage box from Mood. Please tweet at me at the Cannabis 101 podcast, and we will get you hooked up courtesy of Spirit Leaf Argyle. Now, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Cannabis 101 podcast. Big thanks to Taylor Inglis of Destiny Bioscience for spending some time with me. Also to... Uh, David Wiley of OkanaganZ.com slash OZ for this week in cannabis news. And of course, my good friend, Chris Ionson uh, from Nova Cannabis, the off-white location in What's That Strain. Have yourselves a wonderful week, everybody. Next week, I'm really excited to announce that uh, Dan Sutton from Tantalus Labs will join me. Really looking forward to that conversation. Thanks, everybody. And remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Mm -hmm.